0: How many folks are familiar with the eighty five fifteen rule? Welcome to the Get Real About Safety Podcast. In our podcast, we discuss the new view of safety, what works and what doesn't work, to break down old paradigms and help you improve safety performance in your organization. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Pam, and we appreciate you listening. Please share and subscribe and tell others about this podcast. You can find us on most podcast platforms and also on YouTube. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Get Real About Safety. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit short, but I think it's a really important podcast, and I think you'll get a lot out of this, and it's titled, The Deming Factor. So we want to talk about the contributions of W. Edwards Deming towards quality and overall organizational improvement, and how his principles and techniques apply to safety, and in particular, the new view of human and organizational performance. Most of you are likely familiar with Deming. But for those who are not, let's do a little review. Deming was an American engineer, statistician, professor, author, and management consultant best known for his work in helping to improve the quality of products coming out of Japan. Prior to his work there in the late 1940s and 50s, anything with a tag that read made in Japan was considered to be of inferior quality. Known for his 14 obligations of top management, and his system of thought that he called the system of profound knowledge, he made a significant contribution to Japan's reputation for innovative, high-quality products and for its economic power. A number of Japanese manufacturers applied his teachings and experienced unheard-of levels of quality and productivity. The improved quality combined with lower cost created a new international demand for Japanese products. He was honored in Japan in 1951 with the establishment of the Deming Prize and received widespread recognition until his death in 1993. Today, he is regarded as having more impact on Japanese manufacturing and business than any other individual not of Japanese heritage. What evolved from his management philosophy was TQM, Total Quality Management, lean principles and lean tools, a focus on continuous improvement, and the famed Toyota production system. Every one of these can be applied directly to safety performance improvement. His philosophy can be summarized as follows. By adopting his principles of management, organizations can increase quality and simultaneously reduce cost by reducing waste, rework, staff turnover, and litigation while increasing customer loyalty. And that the key is to practice continual improvement by thinking of manufacturing as a system not as bits and pieces now does that sound familiar the new view of safety or human performance is exactly that there is no difference it's about systems thinking and how everything in an organization is interconnected rather than viewing errors at-risk behaviors and unsafe conditions as random, isolated, broken pieces to be fixed. He believed that when organizations focus primarily on quality, it tends to improve and costs fall over time. However, when they focus primarily on costs, costs tend to rise and quality declines over time. Now let's think about that in relation to safety. When organizations focus on outcome numbers accident rates and cost rather than the input or the quality and the integrity of safety or the defenses, the same thing occurs. Deming's famous 85-15 ratio is fundamental to understanding human performance or as we often call it systems thinking. His ratio says that 85% of problems and also unintended consequences in an organization come from the system which is designed by management while 15% comes from the workers and that placing blame on the 15% while ignoring the 85% dooms an organization to failure. In the traditional practice of safety, we tend to flip-flop that into 85% of the problems come from the workers while only 15% comes from the system in which they work. For students of human performance, does that sound familiar? It's the old bad apple model in which organizations view that their systems are perfect, but that there would be no problems if it weren't for the bad apples who do not fit into their perfect systems. Clearly, the old traditional practice of safety is not only flawed, but it directs blame, corrective actions, and limited resources to trying to fix the workers rather than fixing the system in which they work. And this, my friends, is why we tend to chase our tails and relive Groundhog Day over and over again. He believed that people are not cogs in a machine. They bring extraordinary talents and abilities to the organization and that they are the source of value. They are what allows the organization to continue to improve and make it successful. What does that sound like? If you're familiar with Sidney Decker, he puts it this way. People are not the problem, people are the solution. Acknowledging the human nature of people is fundamental to his system of profound knowledge. The Toyota production system embraces this in two pillars, respect for people and continuous improvement. Creating an environment where people flourish is key to Deming's thinking. This requires giving them pride in their work, freedom to use their brain, tools to be effective, and systems that allow them to practice continuous improvement. He understood that people have an innate desire to take pride in what they do, and that management's job was to allow people to fulfill this need, not attempt to manipulate behavior through external motivation. In other words, the job of a manager is not to try and motivate people, but to remove the barriers to the joy in their work. This is almost the opposite of how we traditionally manage safety. We are constantly trying to incentivize and reward workers in an attempt to manipulate their behavior rather than allowing them intrinsic motivation that they need to be successful. Prior to dimming, management would blame the workers for quality defects. In other words, they would focus on the outcome. They would exhort them to be more careful, to pay more attention, to care more. They would display signs asking for zero defects. However, when Deming came along, he asked management to get upstream and fix the system that is producing the defects rather than blaming the workers and trying to fix the workers. In other words, stop asking workers not to produce defects and focus on doing it right the first time. Let's fix the system upstream. As a result, the moniker of zero defects became viewed as a flawed approach and became obsolete and was ultimately dropped. I find it interesting today how many organizations still use slogans such as zero incidents, zero accidents, zero this and zero that that are essentially the same obsolete flawed thought process that was dropped in Japan nearly 70 years ago. I guess we're just slow to learn in safety. Those studying human performance or the new view of safety will immediately recognize how Deming's work highly influenced the birth of human performance. To be honest with you, it's really nothing new. It's simply the application of Deming's teachings around quality improvement applied to safety. It is simply the application of Deming's teachings around quality improvement to safety. It's the same thing. In fact, years ago, Dan Peterson, very forward-thinking guru in safety management, one of his principles of safety management was that the methodology to improve safety is no different than the methodology for improving quality, cost, production, and profitability. It's all the same stuff. In some regards, I guess you could say that HP is simply Deming repackaged. In fact, some of the lean tools and techniques are also used in human performance. Even Deming's 14 points of management obligations can be directly translated to the new view. Rather than going through all 14 here, let's just discuss eight of them. Now, if we were to translate eight of his points to safety here's what it would look like number one concentrate on the long-term goal of developing a world-class system not on short-term annual accident goals in other words strategic thinking of how to create the right kind of culture number two replace accident statistics with upstream measures or leading indicators not the lagging indicators that equate to trying to drive a car while looking through the rearview mirror. Number three, institute more thorough job skills training. You know we do a good job in terms of safety training, but in terms of training people in the job itself and how to use the tools, how to use the equipment, uh, and helping them develop skills in doing their task Is often lacking in many organizations number four eliminate dependence on accident investigations and utilize employee based learning teams to understand the complexities and the complications of doing the work since they are the people who are closest to the risk that is the real operational intelligence in any organization number five Reduce fear in the organization and encourage workers to report system defects that lead to errors. Now, you know, workers often will report near misses. They often will report some unsafe condition. But we really need to get workers to report things that lead to errors as well, not just violations, things that cause them to make mistakes. And also to bring up some of the deeper underlying reasons why those are occurring. And if you're familiar with human performance, what we're talking about here is latent conditions and organizational drift. Number six, reduce accidents by designing safety into the process. You know, safety really starts at the design stage. And the more that we can design safety into the work or design safety into a process, the less need for things like PPE and reliance on human behavior. Number seven, Eliminate the use of slogans, incentives, posters, and gimmicks to encourage safety and replace them with leadership. You know, I've said this before, but I've been in plants and on job sites where they have a safety sign every 30 feet or all kinds of safety slogans. Now, if you're familiar with basic behavioral psychology, things like slogans, incentives, posters, and gimmicks Those are not consequences that actually shape behavior. They're activators that may get a behavior to happen once or twice, but they certainly will not sustain those behaviors. And replace them with leadership. Leadership gets the job done. Leadership reinforces the behaviors that are desired, and they coach the behaviors that are not desired. Number eight, examine work standards to remove error traps error precursors and underlying organizational weaknesses that weaken our safety defenses. Now, we could go through all 14 of these, but I think just based on how we translated that, you could take those 14 and go through them yourself and uh, redesign those for your own organization. Embracing human performance means refuting many traditional beliefs and replacing that thought process with the following axioms. Number one reform or eliminate traditional accident investigations and replace them with learning teams those who are learning or involved in human performance know that event learning teams and operational learning teams are sort of at the heart of hp it's one of the ways that we gain the operational intelligence that we need to be a learning organization number two eliminate blame for unsafe acts and focus on the system You know, uh, one of the pillars of HP and I know we talked about this before is that blame fixes nothing. Blame fixes nothing. Let me say that again. Blame fixes nothing. Let's eliminate the blame for unsafe acts and constantly looking to fix the workers and let's focus on the system in which they work. And you've heard me say this before, but here's the thing. We're never going to fix all the workers. That's simply not going to happen and it is much easier to fix the system in which they work than it is to fix the workers themselves. Number three, whistleblowers are encouraged and supported. And number five, worker involvement in problem solving and decision making is formalized. Workers want to be part of problem solving in an organization. They want to be part of policy setting. They want to be part of decision making. It is an innate desire of people to be able to feel like part of the organization and feel like that they're making a difference. All of this, of course, has to do with whether an organization operates under a Theory X or Theory Y belief system. Theory X managers view workers as basically lazy, do not want to contribute, and must be motivated and controlled. Theory Y managers view workers as valuable contributions who want to do a good job and are motivated to achieve intrinsically if given the right environment of trust and engagement. So let's kind of summarize what we've talked about today. Deming was a forward thinker. His teachings and approach was highly successful in turning Japan from a country producing inferior quality products to one that produces some of the highest quality products in the world. The exact same approach can and should be used for improving safety performance. The new view of human performance is essentially identical to Deming's approach, which is based on respect for people and continuous improvement. Well, that's it for today. Hope you learned something. If you like these podcasts, please subscribe and hit the bell for notifications of when we post new episodes. And please share this with others who you think would be interested. Take care. Go out and save a life, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks a lot, folks. Take care.